Alright y'all, it's the Nonsense and Deep Thoughts Podcast. We are back with another episode of the Nonsense and Deep Thoughts podcast. And man, the last time you were here, you didn't see that fantastic intro, did you? I was going to say, who who did that? That, that guy does I, good work. <laughs> yeah, man. It's this guy that I met a long time ago on uh, that app called TikTok. Uh, oh, and yeah, he just did such a fantastic job with it. I mean, we asked him for we asked him for some music and he put together that entire video like mind blown, man. man. What, a, what a good guy. Yeah, I bet he looks better with a, a goatee and mustache. <laughs> <laughs> All clean shaven, but you know oh. what? The, the things we do for a job, right? I'm telling you, man. You should have seen the way my daughters looked at me, though. It's, you know, like when they capture those candid moments. I wish I would have had a camera going because my, my littlest one was just like, where's dad? <laughs> <laughs> did, really did, she, did she honestly not recognize you? She didn't. She didn't. Then she heard my voice Ooh. and she's like, dad? And like... You know, like when the, the the kid in Hook like looks at Peter Pan, he like smushes the face. But like, there you yeah. are, Peter. It was one of those yeah. moments. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous how our how our children view us when they're that young that you can right. change the smallest thing, and they're like, "Wait, wait, is that you?" <laughs> like Jeez. I know my daughter has never seen me without a beard, and oh, if I shaved it off, she would lose her ever loving mind. Like this girl is all about it, and I I keep saying to my wife, I said someday she's gonna marry a guy with a beard. I know it. <laughs> when was she's the last time to. you saw yourself without a beard? I I showed people a picture <laughs> just a few <laughs> weeks ago. The last time I shaved, okay, it was when I was working at this other resort local here, and I dressed up like my boss for Halloween, and okay. he had he had the Fu Manchu. Okay. So I shaved everything but the Fu Manchu. And even then, <laughs> like even then, my beard wasn't a long beard. I just kept it nice and tight. Yeah. Uh, and ever since then, I, I was like, all right, never again. <laughs> never doing that again, man. I can't do it. That's so awesome. I use it as a threat to my daughter now. Really? I'm like, if you don't behave, I'm going to shave my beard off. And when she's getting really rotten, I'll go into the bathroom, shut the door, and turn on the buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> she starts screaming. Oh man! You're not shaving your beard. <laughs> so it's not Eight like you're not your not your nice list at at Bishop's home. It's the dad's gonna shave the beard. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. That's incredible, man. Yeah. So when when I got a hold of you a few weeks ago to see if you wanted yep. to come on, uh, yeah. we were trying to think of something good for us to talk about, and it's I came up with a topic that uh, I wanted to revisit. It's something we talked about in the past, yeah. And I thought that getting your opinion on the matter would be awesome um i wanted to discuss social media and technology and all of this yeah and you gave me an idea to watch uh, a documentary kind of i think they call it a documentary slash drama because they try to put a little story to it it's, right it's a documentary <laughs> called the social dilemma on netflix yep all right and we have the trailer here for you guys if you have not watched this yet the social dilemma was a great watch it was such a good watch that I actually took notes on this show <laughs> because uh, I've been saying for a while that uh, I think social media is 
an overall negative for society for as as good as people were hoping it would be. I think social media has been a giant negative for us. And I think technology is a dangerous thing and AI and all that. But anyway, for anybody who hasn't seen this yet, check out the trailer to The Social Dilemma. And after the show, uh, sit down and watch it. It's I think it's a super important watch for us. I agree. You go to Google and type in climate change is, you're going to see different results depending on where you live and the particular things that Google knows about your interests. That's not by accident, that's a design technique. What I want people to know is that everything they're doing online is being watched, is being tracked. Every single action you take is carefully monitored and recorded. A lot of people think Google's just a search box and Facebook's just a place to see what my friends are doing. What they don't realize is there's entire teams of engineers whose job is to use your psychology against you. I was the co-inventor of the Facebook like button. I was the president of Pinterest. Google, Twitter, Instagram. There were meaningful changes happening around the world because of these platforms. I think we were naive about the flip side of that coin. We get rewarded by parts, likes, thumbs up. And we conflate that with value and we conflate it with truth. A whole generation is more anxious, more depressed. I always felt like fundamentally it was a force for good. I don't know if I feel that way anymore. Facebook discovered that they were able to affect real world behavior and emotions without ever triggering the user's awareness. They are completely clueless. <laughs> Fake news spreads six times faster than true news. We're being bombarded with rumors. If everyone's entitled to their own facts, there's really no need for people to come together. In fact, there's really no need for people to interact. We have less control over who we are and what we really believe. If you want to control the population of your country, there has never been a tool as effective as Facebook. We built these things and we have a responsibility to change it. The intention could be, how do we make the world better? If technology creates mass chaos, loneliness, more polarization, more election hacking, more inability to focus on the real issues, we're toast. This is checkmate on humanity. Yeah, so... That the the very beginning of that trailer, where they discussed uh, when they discussed the Google results, and how Google will give you different search results based on where you live, what your interests are, and whatnot. When I watched that in the film itself, I was like, "Holy shit!" Mm -hmm. Like you think you're getting the same results as everyone else? Like you think you're getting the same results based on like top search top search results uh, for whatever the topic may be? but it's different for every single person. Correct. That's insane. I, I remember I remember uh, talking to someone a little over a year ago at another job and telling them, you know, you might want to break away from Google for doing your searches on this political stuff and, and go to DuckDuckGo because it kind of, that search engine is a little bit different. You're going to see different results on that. And they're like, no, that's, that's stupid. You, you, Google doesn't do shit like that. <laughs> what yeah now they they told you they they literally told you that this is what happens yeah and the the other crazy thing i think about this documentary is the people that they speak to 
All these people are former techs and CEOs and head of development and this and that and the other for all of these different social media companies. Like the one guy he worked on, he worked on Twitter and uh, Pinterest and something else. It's it's wild how many different things these people work for. Yeah, I found that most compelling as they're kind of like wrapping up summarizing. I felt like they were alluding to that. But then as you get about midway through and you find out that these are the people that like the one guy that created the like button or that were yeah. parts of creating these algorithms that are constantly learning. Um, it's I, I had assumed also that everything because my I have a buddy that does SEO ranking in Google ads and Google AdWords and everything. So I was like, oh, it's it's the same for everybody. It is just patently untrue, especially if you have your location services on. They're going to feed you the most relevant information from there. And then the other one that I found fascinating is like how quickly the AI learns about you yeah. and, and feeds you similar content. But like, even if you don't necessarily like or interact with, if you're scrolling Instagram and you just stop and watch something momentarily, the algorithm learns. And it's just like, yep. oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Think of how easy it would be to develop extremes or how easy it would be to polarize if you're only ever seeing what what things that you align your values with how quickly that's, that could just it blew my mind man it that's absolutely a huge blew my mind. point that yeah. is a huge point how quickly you can develop extremes and as you see as you see social media develop and grow bigger and bigger uh, and have all these advancements you're seeing at the same time how far apart political sides are becoming yep and that's that's not an accident right and whether whether these people meant for it to be like this or not it, it's irrelevant at this point yep um because even in the show it says uh, or there are a couple people that say uh i don't think that uh their intentions were bad i don't think right. they had bad intentions when they began this venture right. but over time if you can see the direction that it's taking as the creator of this and as the person who's overseeing all of this, it's kind of your responsibility to tone it down, fix it, rework it. Right. And it, it, it's like they're not even bothering to do that right now. Right. And that's that's to me is the hardest thing is like whether malicious intent or not going into this. And, and, and then it was like, it was as though it was, we put it out and then it's hurry up and try and walk things back or catch. I, I feel like that's where, you know, the fake news narrative, like they had to swing the pendulum in the other direction, right? Because this, this AI is going to learn, it's going to do what you created it to do. It's going to be as effective as you've made it or allowed it to be. How do you then start to scale that back? And then so many times I've heard who then becomes the arbiter of truth. And I love that that guy says that in the trailer. It's like, if everyone has their own truth, what's what's the point? Everything else is just conjecture. Why meet me in the middle if I know? Because I can go and see all these authorities on TikTok because they have a following. So therefore, this must be true, right? Yeah. And and that's how it, it reaches the, the younger generations. It's like, oh, this is what I need to look like. This is how I need to speak. This is how I need to feel because somebody has 100,000 followers on TikTok. Or they're a verified blue checkmark account. And it's just, I, I can't even imagine. So we, like you said, you found me on TikTok. We've both been on TikTok. It is so easy to move into or toward 
what's trending, especially when yes. TikTok proves to you that's the content we're going to push out. And, and then they say it's in the namesake of being true or authentic to yourself. What does that even look like? So if you're somebody <laughs> like me, like a guy that's come in, that's, you know, for the majority of my life, I've been overweight. A lot of my, my personality that I've developed has kind of come out of survival, right? I have, I had to be funny because I had to lean in being the funny fat guy. That's the, the one thing Chris Farley taught me is like, oh, it's okay to be, it's okay to be big. So long as you're falling out of your chair, you know, you're, you're being silly or whatever else social media you can just lean into that and so it's like am i really finding a version of my true self or an identity that's that's real or is it just because it gets likes or just because it's entertaining and engaging and then how at least for me like it just creates that divide it's just like who am i really like what actually motivates me to make this content and that's if that can happen to me as an adult imagine imagine a, a teenage girl who, yeah. you know, has little to no frontal cortex development and is so impressionable, you know, so you post a picture and it gets likes and interactions. And, and how do you not see that, feel that, engage with that and think that's where my value is. So you take a little bit more clothes off in the next picture and, and that's, that's your value, right? How, how are we allowing that to be okay? I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And this is, this is why, this is why I thought that this would be a, a great discussion, great discussion for us to have together is because we're both fathers to young children, yep. you three girls, myself, I've got a son and a daughter. Um, my son's 12, my daughter's eight. So she's getting up to the double digits here. And it's, it's this kind of stuff that we saw in this documentary that worries me. Yeah. Like I've I've kept my kids away from cell phones up to this point. Yeah. Uh, at their age, I see no reason in them having them. Right. Uh, I didn't get one until I was sixteen, and it was one of the dinosaur Nokia phones, <laughs> the bricks that you could yeah. throw across a parking right. lot and it wouldn't break. <laughs> and that was for emergency use only. Like if right. I if I got stranded on the side of the road or something. But now we have this access to the internet in the palm of our hands. You can get to anything you want to get to. And it's just crazy to think that the way we use this shit is, is through social media and trying to gain acceptance and, you know, have people like us and follow us and be a part of trends. And it, it, it's no wonder uh, anxiety and depression are so rampant right now. Yep. It's, it's insane to me. I've, I've had a similar experience. Like th there's something, and this is where I try to remain objective. And that's, I, I think it's, I'm, I'm glad we qualified it with like, I don't think anybody necessarily had malicious intent going into this. And it's very easy to watch a documentary that's so compelling and then just fall, you know, dump, you know, head first yeah. into the deep end on that. Um, and that's, that's kind of the conversation I've tried to have with my daughters, both from the perspective of that documentary, but also from my own personal experience I don't want them to fear social media. I want them to respect it. I want them to know how easily they can be polarized, how easily they can be influenced. And so I, I've explained to them, I said, I've, I've had a video go viral before on TikTok. When your next two don't perform, at least for me, I can't speak for everybody, but it's like, oh, people, people don't care or they don't like me. When in reality, it's what gets pushed out to the algorithm. What's keeping people on their app more? 
but it's it's kind of the ebb and flow and I, like i've admitted it's for somebody like myself who who wasn't necessarily shored up in my identity going onto social media and and finding a place where you can platform that and then you but you have to keep going back to being that thing and that's if you watch all of these these videos of people like how to grow on tiktok find your niche and just drill on that the whole time mm-hmm. but what about when people stop watching what, what about when you're the kid that did the dance over and over and in different locations and everything else and then it just stops yeah you've created all this value right you've you've def, you've shifted everything in favor of being that guy and then nobody cares anymore and then the comments oh boy you fell off and can you imagine what that would do to somebody 16 17 years old yeah yeah and I know we we talked about it a little bit before we started up the show but uh, the I think the biggest thing that stuck out probably to you and me was the uh, the statistics for young girls. Yeah. So I'll, I'll read off these statistics real quick to Please. those who are listening because these are super important. And again, we try to have a perspective from both sides because like we said, we don't think that it's inherently evil. We don't think social media is inherently a bad thing and there are good there are good sides to it. Most and we'll, we'll we'll get into that eventually. But these are these are statistics that you should pay attention to, man. So um, the U.S. hospital admissions for non-fatal self-harm is up 62 percent for girls ages 15 to 19. Gosh. And it's up and it's up 189 percent in girls age 10 to 14. And that's 10, my, that's my demo. <laughs> yeah. 10 to 14 year old girls yeah. are in the hospital for self-harming. And you can't say, you cannot say that it's it's not at all because of social media, right? And then okay, and then the worst one here, the suicide rates are up seventy percent for girls fifteen to nineteen, yep, and a hundred and fifty one percent for ages ten to fourteen. Yeah, young children like that should not have those feelings. Young children should not feel like they are worthless to the point of causing self-harm or taking their own life. And social media feeds into that greatly. Yep. 100%. I, I've been on the the end of a, <clears throat> an unpopular opinion and then you, you post it and then it's... So again, this, this is an adult man, right? <laughs> Albeit one who like I said, kind of has struggled with his identity because it's like, oh, you just you just have to be this and that's what brings the views and continue to be that person or thing. I've been on the other side and not even as bad as some people. Like, I, I can't imagine being 15, 16 years old. And when I said my demo, those my, my two oldest daughters, 12 and 13 respectively, like they fall right into that. And so, but, but the way, and I, I'm sure you've seen it on TikTok, the way people just dogpile, if you have a, mm-hmm. a hot take or a bad take and it's, it is so, and, and people call, you know, they just kind of, it, it, they want you to believe it's this level of self-governance, but a lot of people don't know where to draw the line. And so it's like harassment, bullying, like, and I have some anecdotal uh, kind of perspective that I gained from working at the children's hospital in Texas and when you'd get in there and you'd, you'd, you know, you'd have a kid that gets hella vacked in and you get, you start to talk to mom and dad and it's like, oh, she, uh, one of them, for example, she had a, a hot take online and people started to drag her. What somebody doxed her and they started showing up at the house. And so 
she saw her parents react and her parents were scared. You know, these, these people are showing up at her house. They want to hurt our kid. So she self-harmed. And uh, thankfully, she was one that made it. The the one that always sticks with me that didn't make it. She and it, it's it leads to social media. So she had this very serious boyfriend and they were exchanging nudes. Um, she ended up she was talking to another boy. I don't know the details specifically. This is just from the parents perspective. She was talking to this boy and the boyfriend thought she was cheating. And so he posted some of those photos on Reddit. Oh yeah. She found out about it and self-harmed and didn't make it. So again, I, I know those are anecdotal, but it's like even the potentiality for that to be there. It's like, I, I just don't. And this was a, the first girl was 17. The other girl was 16, dude, 16 years old. Now I know you say it's anecdotal, but this is, this is from one hospital. How long were you there? How long did you work there? Two years. You worked there for two years, and those are two instances you know the story of for sure. 100%. Um, I'm sure that uh, there were others that came through there, and we've got an entire nation full of children's hospitals and just regular hospitals where I'm sure they've dealt with things of this nature before. Well, they, they have to because the statistics mm -hmm. you just read kind of sure yeah. that up, right? I just, and if, if you think also, it's like I work an eight hour shift. And the, the number of parents I actually got to interact with is, you yeah. know, even smaller fraction than that. So it's like, I, I feel like one is too many. I really yes. do. So two for me to experience. And I'm sure if I went and, you know, kind of defragged everybody from the hospital, it's like, hey, did you ever encounter anything like this? I, I promise I could come up with, you know, 20 to 25 of those. And it's it's just jarring, man. It really is like... Regardless of intent, I, I think there there needs to be more age restriction. I think there needs to be something else more that's done. And I, I think they it needs to be on these tech companies because you can't expect everybody's home situation to be the same. You can't expect people to have parents that are going to check these things. So yeah. I, I think there's a reasonable argument. It's like, well, you know, teach your kids about this stuff. You know, if you're a single parent, you work majority of the day, you want your kid to have a phone for its primary function, which is to call or message you. But then they're alone eight hours, nine hours a day at the house. It's like you're, you're just opening the door to all manner of things that you, you can't control or regulate. It's it's next to impossible. Yeah, exactly. And I was I was going to get to that point as well, that um, there are probably going to be people that are going to tell you it falls on the parents, right? Well, you know, at the end of the day, it falls on the parents to, <clears throat> excuse me, to teach their kids right from wrong. But I, I don't really think that that's the best way to look at it. Like right. you just pointed out, like there are, there are different home situations yep. all the time. And it's not always the parents fault if the kid gets, gets into some shit like that. And then, then here's the other thing I think about often, especially when it pertains to bullying nowadays, you have this younger generation that's coming up that uh, they push acceptance and they tell you, you can't say anything ill about this demographic. You can't talk about that demographic. You have to accept this and be respectful of that. And if you don't, you're this, that, and the other. Right. But at the same time, these kids are the same ones that are on these social media accounts, harassing, bullying, like literally getting these other kids to the point of wanting to harm themselves. 
So what what is going on where this is their mentality? Right. On one hand, they're they're preaching tolerance, and the other hand, they're they're bullying horribly because the statistics show you now that things are a lot worse than they ever were when we were younger, man. Yeah, yeah. And what's what I find most troubling about that, and again, not necessarily did it have malicious intent, but like you don't think it's a spike of dopamine for the kid that makes the the negative comment that can get tens of twenty even hundreds of thousands of likes, you don't think that that's reinforcing that behavior for them? Right. And the other thing that I always like to point out, it's like, look at the Chinese version of TikTok that they push out to their kids. It's science, it's math, it's education. And it's like, the the youngest kids that I've, I've seen kids, I've interacted with kids as young as 10 that would comment and like, hey, my mom's overweight and she struggles. I'm 10 years old. It's like, what, what are you doing on this app? What, what are you doing to filter? My first interaction on TikTok, Corey, this is a true story. <laughs> there was that uh, former military guy. And I, I, I believe it was just somebody mirrored it and had re-uploaded it. And TikTok, TikTok kept trying to take it down. But the guy, like, he's sitting there and he's like, I can't do this anymore. Can't do this. Puts the shotgun, you know, between his legs and just turns his head into a canoe and it just, you know, prego spaghetti sauce everywhere. Literally the, I I scrolled one time after it gave me like the little instruction page on what to look for on your for you page, the next swipe. And I was like, what what is this app? What is this app? And I was just, I don't know. And that's the idea that that could have been my 12 year old or my 13 year old. Yeah. Because there's some of those horrors that you, you can't unsee. You can't yeah. unsee that. Yeah, the last two years when I was coaching Little League, I would I would have children on the team talking about TikTok and these other social media apps. And I was like, no. It's like, well, no, you what you're on TikTok? Why are you on TikTok? Right. I was like, you are way too young for that. Yep. And I not gonna lie, of of all the followers I have over on there, I've been followed by children. Like I would check their account and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Why? Yep. And thankfully I don't put anything too awful on my page. Yeah. But still it's all the more reason I keep this stuff away from my kids, man. Like you have zero reason to see this. It's bad enough. I have to put up with them watching YouTube all the time. <laughs> no matter how many times I, I tell them they're done with YouTube, they can't be watching YouTube. Even YouTube kids, man, stuff gets snuck through. Yeah. And can get over onto YouTube kids. Do you remember that about like, uh, it's probably five to seven years ago. They had those people that were making the just absolutely absurd content, but like they would dress up as Spider-Man or Anna and Elsa. And then it's like, Anna, Anna has a butt baby. Right. And it's <laughs> like, and then like the tags are like poopy, silly, haha. And there's, there's Anna with her legs sprawled up. And this is on YouTube mm-hmm. kids. And it's yeah. these, it's these, once failed YouTubers, right? Their vlog didn't take off of them being mean to people that work in customer service, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they just, they found this niche and they they just worked into it. And it's this horrible content under the guise of being for kids because the thumbnail has Spider-Man, Anna and Elsa. What kid isn't going to click on that? And these people, because it's, it's, I don't know the CPM or whatever, the, however you, however much you make, but I know that it's better 
for family content and kids content. And these people are putting out this horrible, horrible content for kids. Yeah. And I, I think it finally all got purged, but it was, it was a weird time for YouTube, man. And I, 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 was, I was looking at one time and like, I'm like, it's like, girls, what are you, what is this? What are you watching? And I just assumed it's YouTube kids. I'm like, Anna has a butt baby. And there's like poop splattered all over on the thumbnail. I'm like, what is this garbage? I watched two minutes and I was like, all right, I deleted it off their tablets. I'm like, no, yeah, no, it's, dude. It's bad. I remember I remember seeing um something about Minecraft. Like people were doing these these Minecraft videos. Right. But it was adult content Minecraft videos. Oh my god. I didn't chime in with that. <clears throat> <laughs> my son loves Minecraft. Okay. And he will watch YouTube Kids. I had to take that off every single tablet because the Minecraft videos on YouTube Kids, like Holy said, they're adult content. I mean, they were making references uh, to like, sexual innuendos. I mean, everything. Mm -hmm. I just, I was like, I can't. YouTube Kids is just as bad. It, it mean, is. It is. And what's yeah, worse I, is like they, they fly it under the banner of something that your kids really enjoy. Like you yep. said, Minecraft. It's like, that's another one. My, my middle daughter loves Minecraft. And I overheard some of the dialogue that was happening on one of those videos. And I'm like, I took it from her. I'm like, are you on? Because they, we have their Google accounts set up till until they turn 13. They can't even access that stuff. And I'm like, what are you watching? I submitted that. Okay. <laughs> another thing. I've submitted <laughs> two things. There was one on my own personal Facebook page, and then there was that. And it came back and said that it didn't violate terms of service. The other one that I just reported on Facebook, it was a link that somebody was sharing. And when you click on it, there's a person who is of a certain persuasion. It's a trans woman. She pulls her shirt up, and she's got the augmented breasts, mm -hmm. and then pulls her twig and berries out on an airplane right like she looks behind her like this and i'm like how is this just this is this is nudity how is this they came back and said that it didn't violate their terms of service and i'm like oh okay and, so apparently we can just post porn on facebook now and and that goes that goes to this younger generation they're causing the uproar you cannot say anything cross about this demographic or that demographic right so basically it was YouTube just protecting themselves being like, oh, no, we, we can't say anything against someone who's trans. That would be that would be worse than if we allow this link to stay on here. And that's that's another thing that's going on right now that I'm glad there are some people bringing it to light is th this whole um, the whole thing with children and sexualizing children. And like you saw the Balenciaga ad sure that was that yeah. that whole debacle. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and how quickly they removed that. But what else has happened to them aside from you know them taking down all their posts? Has it, anything it, happened to Balenciaga? Not, not to my knowledge. I haven't. I didn't even it. hear about them until that. To be honest, right? With you. It, it's just like a <laughs> that's just like a top tier fucking rich person thing. Apparently, yeah. Hollywood yeah. elites, and that's it. I've heard the name referenced in uh, rap songs, but I've never, <laughs> I wasn't yes, yeah. familiar with who they were as a brand. I, I don't listen to much rap music anymore. I listen, the, the closest <laughs> thing to rap I listen to is Tom McDonald anymore. So that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And it's, it's nice that some people are finally calling it out for what it is, but it seems like that's another problem with social media is they're really trying to mainstream sexualizing children. 
And if you're a parent and that doesn't make your blood boil, I think you need to get your pulse checked. Yeah. Um, I saw now I'm going to go off off course and go off on a tangent here, but (laughs) and I'm probably going to get hate mail for it, too. But at this point, I don't even give a shit. I saw a video of a a drag queen twerking on a stage outside in a street with their ass hanging out, literally whole ass, bare ass hanging out. And she's teaching a young child. The girl looked like she couldn't have been more than six years old, how to twerk. Oh my gosh. And, and that's, that's my big issue with drag shows and the drag queen story hour and all of that. And it's because drag shows, as far as I've been concerned, as as far as I've known, not as far as I've been concerned, as far as I've known, drag shows were always a sexualized thing for adults. And most drag queens, at least from what I remember uh, back in my teens and early 20s, drag queens were just men who liked to dress up as women. Right. People who wanted to be trans were a different, a different demographic. Right. Like they, they were separate. They weren't the same thing, but now that's kind of how they're treating it. And the whole drag, the the drag queen thing is killing me because kids shouldn't be at a drag show. Now you'll have, you'll have people saying uh, in response to that, that um, then, then, you know, you shouldn't be taking them to Hooters either. I agree. I agree. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be showing young children, anything sexualized. Yeah. Period. They'll start, venturing out and trying to learn about that shit in their teenage years like we did when we were younger yep and if you have to have a conversation with them at that point then that's when you talk to them but right you know kids are kids man yep i think, I think you gotta protect the kids yeah the important distinction with the video that i reported on facebook i would have done that if that was just a dude that pulled yeah. his dick out oh I yeah done it if it was a wo- because it didn't even have the the banner of like you know uncover this video like it was just yeah. there in the open and i'm like even if it were just a female, despite the fact that that's my persuasion, right? That's that's what I'm into. Even if it were a female, I'd be like, "How is this on someone's timeline?" Yep. I would have I would have reported it just as much. It's not because I disagree or my my personal values don't align with that. What is this doing on a wall that that on a timeline that kids can participate or interact with? That's my problem. Yeah, it it and- wasn't guarded at all. It didn't have the you know it must be over eighteen. Click here to uncover verify your age nothing nothing you click the link there's the video and it's like wow (laughs) yeah tiktok gets me with that kind of stuff too i had i had a video flagged and removed um of my photo shoot uh where i went to tennessee to see our mutual friend cherish oh yeah yeah okay she did those photos for me she made a little video of it and i had shared it right after a little while i reshared it because you know I was happy with those and I thought it was really cool it gave me some confidence so I reshared it that video got flagged and removed for sexual content and nudity I had jeans boots and a shirt on a button down shirt okay and then you have you have women that are literally in underwear thong underwear on this app bottom half of their boobs hanging out and it's it's viral Viral, never touched, never removed. I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" That's a little awkward to me. Yeah. So the reality is, is that that lever can be moved so easily, right? Because ultimately, what does TikTok want? They want people staying on their platform. Period. Mm -hmm. Like the number of girls that are on there, that it's it's basically just a 
an ad spot for their OnlyFans. Mm. You yeah. know, it's just like, oh, you like this? See the whole unedited version. And it's like, I don't know. That, that, <laughs> I, I ultimately ended up taking everything off my phone. Like I, I only operate Facebook from my computer now. Like it, it's all of those things, but it's more so than anything. It's the the valuable time that I'm I'm with my family. And then it's just like, I I noticed it got really bad when I was sitting at the dinner table and an alert went off and it's like, I opened it. And then I sat there and scrolled for a little bit while my daughter was talking to me about school. And I'm just like, I'm done. I don't, I don't need this. This isn't doing anything for me. It's certainly, if anything, her takeaway could be like, oh, that, that must be more important than what I'm saying. I deleted it right there. I haven't had Facebook yeah. or Inst anything on my phone in months, months, probably close to a year. And I just, it, it just, it just takes. And, and that's the other thing too, is like, it's designed to do that. Those push yep. notifications. Like once you find out that a lot of those things were designed or kind of co-opted designs from people that, um, they create slot machines and like things that light up and make sound. And it's, it's meant to be enticing. It's meant to be distracting. It's meant to get you back on the app. That's, that's how they sell ad space is the number of users yeah. that come back. That's how they sell those ad space for so much. TikTok has over a billion users now. Yeah. That, that's an easy advent. You, you can sell that to anybody. Oh, well we can guarantee every day that at least 800,000 people are going to see your advertisement. Yeah, man, it's all about wow. that dopamine hit. Yeah, and yeah. they they understand that, and that'll <laughs> that'll bring me back into the back into that show, social dilemma, man. And yeah. um, that's basically that's basically what it is. It's all a business model. Yep, the entire thing with the algorithm, the push notifications, it's all a business model. It's all about getting you on there so they can get their engagement, so they can sell their ad space. So according to them, I'll pull this up here. So for the algorithms, they're saying it's just like any dating app, Amazon, Uber, countless other consumer-facing apps. Also, Netflix, they use an algorithm to determine who thinks they should, that who should watch The Social Dilemma or when it's recommended to them. And it happens with every piece of content that appears on the service. Um, it says portraying algorithms. So I guess they were said that they were mad in the social dilemma um says that they make for good fodder for conspiracy documentaries <laughs> but uh the reality is a lot less interesting and when you were talking about ads so they're basically saying it's an ad supported platform and they use them to keep facebook free and they don't sell these people uh these businesses your information they're, they're saying they just use your interests. So we don't <laughs> this... share information that personally identifies you unless you give us permission. We don't sell your information to anyone. You can always see interests assigned to you in your ad preferences. And if you want, you can remove them is what they're now, saying. Now, see, the funny thing about that is uh, aren't your interests your information? Isn't that technically part of your information? Mm-hmm. Like like that show says, they kind of build, they build a model of you. Yep. They see, they see uh, what you're looking at, how long you're looking at it for. They can figure out what your personality type is, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. They see what you're doing online. They see what you're shopping for. They see who's near you. 
right? And they're constantly, constantly showing you this stuff. And I'm glad you brought up that part about uh, them saying you're not the product because one of my favorite quotes from in this thing was, they said, uh, if you are not paying for the product, then you are the product. (laughs) That makes total sense, right? Like they're, they're constantly... They're constantly breaking you down. They're using psychology against you, right? Uh, oh, <laughs> that that's another good point. They mentioned um, a term called growth hacking or a, a job title called growth hackers. And they said that this is a team of engineers whose job it is to hack people's psychology in order to get more growth. Yep. And it's it's wild. And if you look at if you look at what Elon Musk has done over at Twitter since he bought it. The Great Purge. All the people that lost their jobs. And Twitter is still running. So how important do you think their jobs really were? Yeah. The The job of these people is to figure out what you're doing, how long you're doing it for, all this stuff. They're the people that help out the algorithm. Yep. Right? So, I mean, to say that these algorithms aren't really doing what they're doing is wild to me. That's yeah. I, yeah, I, it doesn't make any sense. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain it's demonstrably false. Like that, that reads well from, you know, something that HR via Facebook would, would put out, but it's like all, all of these respective social media conglomerates have all spent time up against the house and the Senate. And it's like, we have verifiable evidence that you are selling people's information. We, we, it's been proven. So it's like, it's again, it's one, it's one thing to say that, right. But when it comes down to, to brokering these deals in the background, it's like, do you think they wouldn't sell? And, and furthermore, why would that feature come turned off? If that's true, if it was for you to say like, well, you can easily go to ads and adjust those things. Why have mm-hmm. it on in the first place? And then why, why is mm-hmm. it buried under a tertiary option where it's like, you have to go and do that yourself then I am the product. Then your hope yeah. is that I don't go turn that thing off and that I don't know about that. And it's funny how it comes in a response that's probably on page seven that nobody's going to read. But if I download the app, it's 100% there. Oh, well, yep. of course you have the option to turn. Dude, that's that's the the, yeah. the, the slimiest rug pull I've ever... Well, you could have turned it, it off. And it really is ridiculous. <laughs> like you said, it's it's like tertiary. Like you have to go into this option and then go to that setting right. and click on this option just to go right. find the list of things to turn off. Like Right. That, that reads and you like... Don't know, you don't know about it until people tell you. <laughs> right. Right. And that, that reads like such legalese, right? Well, mm-hmm. we weren't willingly making them. They, they could have gone and turned it off at any point. It's like... Why not have it off? And then if people want to see advertisements, they're able to turn it on. Yes. If you just install the app, that's how it comes. That's what a slight, man. What? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta love that. Oh, well, you're, you're, you could you could choose to not be the product after you download the app, figure out how to. T- I guarantee for anybody over 40, they're going to have to YouTube how to do that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's yeah. like it's, it's not going to be one of those easily found menu options for ad preferences. I pr- you probably have to do it from a desktop. You probably can't even do it from your phone. Like, I don't know. It's that yeah. just seems well. We put the option there, but it doesn't start there, and you have to figure it out. Oh, okay. Or I could just not have your app at all. <laughs> How's that for a thought? You know, then I yeah. know my information's not being sold. It, it 
the the other point that they made about the algorithms in the show that kind of drove me mad and started making me think about a couple other things was that they said uh, the the algorithms don't give us what we think we want to see. It looks to send us into these rabbit holes that it thinks we'd be interested in. So it takes something that might interest you and it shows you this and then it hopes that you go down this rabbit hole that kind of leads you towards all these conspiracies. And then it kind of, that's, that's kind of how it drives us apart. So it'll, it'll take you to one extreme or if you're interested in the other side of things, it'll take you to the other extreme. And when I, when I heard that part, it, it made me start thinking, are we really, are we really making our own decisions with these things then? Or are we making our own decisions or is it kind of pulling us in the directions it wants to take us? Yep. Are these actually our thoughts? Well, I, I forget the the somewhat predominant name in the NBA that had to like openly apologize for going down a rabbit hole and becoming a flat earther. Oh, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And it's like <laughs> we, we saw that on on full display. Like that happened in real time. And he, he openly apologized and kind of like, you know, tongue in cheek mocked himself because he's just yeah. like you guys know how it is. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Like it's, and, and, and that's just it. It's proof that it's there and everybody kind of chuckled and like, Oh, Kyrie Irving. But it's like, and, and that's my, my other biggest point is who then becomes the arbiter of truth. If that level of miss or disinformation can exist and you can put the blinders on to, from when you literally live on an earth that's around to believing that the earth is flat over the course, what do you say? It happened over just a couple months, but yeah. he just got consumed, and that's all the algorithm would feed him. Then he starts thinking, "Oh, there's like all these different people think the same thing. A hundred, they're all saying it." Yeah, because you scroll down to the comment section, it's like, "Oh, this piece of evidence." Then it's like they post a link, and you're like, "Whoa, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. oh my gosh!" And so, again, th think about that in, in something that's not necessarily not trivial but when it comes down to again you're a 14 year old boy or girl and it's like this this is sexy this is how you get likes this is you know how you garner attention this is how you you, you don't you mean you want me to believe that there's not an underbelly of the internet that could create value in a kid being sexual or provocative online mm -hmm. you want me to believe that so before I got into fire suppression, I, I, I studied psychology mm -hmm. and there's one thing that stuck with me and that is called the locus of control. Okay. So if you've never heard of the term locus of control, it's a belief of whether the outcome or your actions are contingent on what we do. So there's external, which is an individual believes that his or her behavior is guided by fate, luck, or other external circumstances or there's internal, which individual believe that his or her behavior is guided by personal decisions or efforts. And mm. it kind of goes into what Holy was saying was where you're spending your time at, the people closest to you, the things that you're watching is kind of determining the outcome of your future. And I, I, I wanted to share that just because it's it, it kind of goes on what you were saying. All mm -hmm. this stuff is you're affected by is because you're literally going down that rabbit hole. You're watching these things and you're consumed by it. So that's the way you're going to coast in life is because that's all you're doing. I mean, not all you're doing, but that's 
basically the majority of the things that are happening in your life. Yeah. Mm. And, and I think, thanks for chiming in with that, Jared, but I think what's most damaging about that when it comes to the political spectrum or space is, and, and I see it even in the content that I watch. And so I try and I have to like forcibly pull myself back mm. to something neutral because it's like, the way that we've dehumanized people because of messaging that comes through political punditry and posturing and otherwise, like we, we talked about this a little bit on our last episode too, but it's like, if that's all that you're being fed, right? If that's all, if, if you're on the side of the left and you hear the president say that it is, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated, you know, these, these, deplorable unvaxxed terrible people that are killing everyone's grandmother and everything else oh, somebody followed nice what, what does that do to your mental state how do, how do you project that onto your family and friends and it, it's so it's so hard to remain objective to the the point of that to where it actually breaks down into sounds like psychotherapy or or you know uh at least philosophically in that way like what what is it allowing you to become how are your your thoughts shaping your reality and that's i i think that's what's most damaging about this again regardless of malicious intent as we talked about from the beginning do you understand how polarizing it can make people do you understand how how much when, when we become the byproduct of what we're constantly consuming and then we're putting ourselves in echo chambers respectively of like Oh, well, these are all people that feel the same way that I people. These are the authorities of this subject matter. And then how you, from that perspective, how easy it is to dehumanize an entire class of people for how and what they believe. And then, and then you want me to believe that as a net positive, social media is a good thing. Yep. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's sad too because it does have a lot of good qualities. There's a lot of good things about social media. Unfortunately, the negative things way outweigh them. Well, the, I, I, I think there's the, way more negative. Yeah, the statistic. What do you say? That that mis and disinformation is six times more likely to spread? You it, know what oh, some of the six most times faster, yeah. Faster. You yeah. know what the most popular vein of, of TikTok that I found, like that always gets engagement, is when somebody's responding to someone's comment and then dunking on them or being mean or vilifying that person. Yeah. It's just vile hatred that dehumanizes people. And mm. I just, but yeah, six six times as fast. And, and with as quick as news cycles already happen, by the time you might actually whittle away and get to some semblance of truth that actually happened or took place, the wildfire has already burned up the forest, man. Yeah. You can't backtrack on that. Like I said, with, with a page seven advert, you know, two days later, well, what actually happened <laughs> or what's actually true or that we, we lack, I think largely due to social media, we lack objectivity. It's the immediacy that we can go to outrage that is uh, tearing us asunder. Like we, we as a nation are just more and more divided because it's like, like the other guy said in the, in the trailer, if everyone has their version of the truth, what's, what does middle ground look like? Yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> and they're all and furthermore, they're all pulling in the opposite direction. We're not even trying to find center. We're taking our truth as far out to the outliers as we can. Where's the middle, dude? It's unreal. You're never gonna find a middle at that point. No. There's there's not a chance in hell. Especially if somebody the other side is hidden behind the 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 barrier, the facade of a a either a a, a trans rights activist, you know, just a, a dumb libtard or a, a a forever trumper, and it's like, mm. no, 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 dude, that's a person. No, that's a human. <laughs> I think, dude, I think that's the I think that's the biggest problem with how they're dividing and separating and sending you down these rabbit holes where all you're getting is this content where they're they're like if you're on the right side they're telling you all all people on the left are evil and they're out to ruin our country or if you're on the left side they're telling you all people on the right are racist and this that and the other you're yep. getting the most extreme views from both sides 100% and you want to talk about fake news that's it right there yep like one of my favorite one of my favorite sayings is that left wing right wing you need both wings of the bird to fucking fly like you need both sides to get along. Yep. Like we're all going to have our own opinions. We're always going to have our own opinions, but you need to learn how to talk to one another and compromise. Yeah. And with the way social media is dividing us all, it's never going to happen. Right. And then you find out that some of these big tech companies are in bed with the government. It's like to to avoid the depths of this conspiracy and and the levels that it could go to and and <laughs> At the risk of sounding just, you know, pure red, white, and blue bleeding American, <laughs> that I, I think there is something that can be said about the, the psychology of united we stand, divided we fall. Yep. And if you think the people in power don't know that, and, and maybe they're not leveraging it or brandishing it as much as some conspiracy theorists might believe or otherwise, <laughs> the idea that that social politics have reached fever pitch and actual things that that make our nation stronger collectively are are secondary or are so much further down the line for so many people and and how that information is being propagated it is largely through social media you, you want me to believe they're not leaning into that or the president brings in a, a famous tiktok person to represent tra trans people even though they've yep. only to their own admission been trans for a few months yeah like <sighs> it's it's all for show it's all getting that pat on the back and that, that's, that's not that me is. to me trying to delegitimize the trans movement or to say that trans people are anything less than human i would never take that position but if you right. don't think that it's not in some way posturing mm -hmm. how they can get that messaging out to the masses i i would i would highly encourage you to put your phone down mm -hmm. and just take a look at reality, grasp things like take, take a couple days to sit without your phone and just, just sit with your thoughts and yeah. see, see where they might, I, I promise you'll get a much purer perspective of who you are and the things that actually matter to you when you're not constantly being fed those things. And then your, your biases are then, completely unfolded through the algorithm because those are things that you've engaged with. Now, now there is no other side or opposition because you're built, you've built a cocoon, right. Of, of just what you believe or you believe because you've engaged with that kind of subject matter before. And therefore that must be the only thing that is true. 
again, there is no middle ground when algorithms are involved. When you open a piece of you, I, whatever social media you use, and it's constantly the biases that you've built into a framework, whether unknowing or not, what, what does the center look like? <laughs> and you probably don't even realize that it's happened to you. I, I'm guilty of it myself. You probably don't even realize that it's happened. But are those thoughts genuinely your thoughts? And do they come from a place where you've been able to step away from your thoughts? Play, play your own devil's advocate. Stand up against yourself and ask, why does this have so much value to me? Why is this so important? Why do I care so much? Because if, if any of the reason is, if you post it on social media and it's going to get likes and interactions, you need to check yourself. You really need to check yourself. Yep. At the end of the day, it seems like a lot of it's all about tribe mentality, man. We've 100%. we've discussed it before. People want to feel like they belong. They want to feel like they're a part of the tribe. And understand that these platforms know that about us. Yep. They know that if you can speak as the authority on certain subject matter and have certain like-minded people come and like and comment and interact, they also know that the vitriolic hate that you might get for posting that will further cement you into those beliefs they know that they yep. know that it's yep <laughs> put and put the phones down delete the social media engage with your family and friends it'll, <clears throat> it'll it'll change your perspective i promise yeah and it's it's really again the the whole social media experiment here it's all it's all about business at the end of the day they're trying to get their clicks. They're trying to keep you on the screen so that they get their ad revenue. And um, we we kind of want them to to do something about it. But and then you have other people who think uh, you've got other people who think that AI is like the answer to a lot of our world's problems. Uh, but and I, I'm going to go down another path here because. Like I told you before the show, I've been I've been seeing a lot of AI stuff and how people are right. continuing to try to advance AI and create robots. And, you know, some people think that AI will be the answer to a lot of our issues and that it'll be able to take the place of actual workers in different fields. And I, the biggest problem I see with AI is what you're seeing with the AI that's already running our world through social media. AI does not have a moral code correct ai has a function the ai that is in control of facebook and twitter and instagram and all these other apps they're designed to figure out algorithms they're designed to figure out you and how they can best sell to you keep you on the platform <clears throat> their job is not to decipher what's right from wrong yep so if we ever get to that point with technology where they create AI to do all this different stuff, AI is not going to know if uh, it's destroying something. And if that's bad, yep. it's not going to realize that it has no moral code. And the only moral code it has. Well, I, I don't know if I could really say that it will never have a moral code. Like, is there, I wonder if there's a way for them to implant it with like the kind of morality that we have. Well, and then again, that's another discussion. Because everyone has a different moral code. Correct. That, what's, that was what's good a, for one point. Right? Yeah, I saw your face light up. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, wait a minute on that one. Yeah. And then that, that breaks down to, to the arbiter of truth. It's, to me, it's no different. 
mm -hmm. whether it's the the, the category of, of moralistically or or what's true, and and the way they kind of it seems like they kind of subvert that in the language that that uh, was shared is, well, it's just it's your interests, right? So they, they kind of turn it back on the user. Well, if you hadn't engaged with that kind of thing, you wouldn't be seeing it. That's some of the most sinister language I've ever heard. So when you have a 12-year-old who is is purely ambiguous and has a, a body full of more more hormones than rational thoughts, and you want me to tell you like to, to believe that it's well, you know, it's just something that they were interested, then they're lambasted by these either side either side and then they're there's there to remain objective they're supposed to be a a concrete truth that they can tether themselves to as to not go deep down into the void you want me to believe that somebody from 12 to 17 has enough cognitive discipline and and even adults for that matter like i said i as somebody who wasn't necessarily confident in who i was as an individual it's so easy to get pulled or dissuade into one direction or the other. Mm -hmm. it, it's not, it's not. And that's the other thing they'll say is it's, it's, it's helping you find your authentic self. How in a purely augmented reality, how, how it, it, it doesn't make sense. It, it, it's, ugh, I, I hate that language. <laughs> well, it's, it's your interest. <laughs> if, if you weren't interested, and and how how would I possibly know I was interested in it in the first place if the if your algorithm didn't feed it to me? Yeah. And I think there's a reasonable case that can be made for that. And as I start to hear more of these stories of people, I hope I don't get a bunch of hate mail for you, but a lot of these these <laughs> young right. people that are detransitioning that said it was just mm -hmm. like it, it's all I ever saw, and then it was affirmed, and it was affirmed, and it was affirmed, and now I'm I'm through the looking glass. Yeah. And, I, and, and to your point, you used a very important word. Sorry, last thought. Experiment. Mm -hmm. We're just, we're all just in the wake of what happens. Kyle Irving is evidence of that. Hey, my, my bad, guys. My, <laughs> my bad. Yeah. I, I went down the rabbit hole. You know how this stuff works. To an adult man. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And that's that's another conversation I wouldn't mind having someday, regardless of hate mail or no hate mail. I, I don't I don't really care at this point. Um, but that's definitely something that's becoming more prevalent now. And I think a lot of it has to do with social media and introducing things to children at a very young age. And that we could talk about that sometime on a respectful level. I, at I some promise point. we could. Yeah, I'd, I'd make sure not to, you know, step in it too much. But I, I didn't mean to segue into something different oh no 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 because it, uh, there's uh, there's a lot on my mind too and that's that's been one thing i think about often it's it's crazy the kind of influence that this kind of platform can have these yeah. social media platforms so it's, it's last it's, thought for me is th this is how I've, I've taken a more objective look at the situation step away from it so if, if you're in one camp or the other have you thought any dehumanizing thoughts or thought lesser of somebody because of their religious beliefs, political beliefs, sexual orientation, or otherwise? If you have, rationalize that thought outside of, well, I watched this person on TikTok, or I saw this, I read this article, I did this, I did this. Step away from it. Look at that person as a human being. Rationalize your own thoughts 
not from something that you've heard, seen, or read. Mm-hmm. And then tell me that you can come to the same conclusion. It'll be challenging. You'll have to stand and look at yourself in the mirror like, huh. Turns out that is just a person that comes from a different upbringing that has a certain set of beliefs that has led them to this path or a different experience than I have. And they don't deserve to be dehumanized any more than I would for what I believe. We've lost objectivity, Corey. And I, to, to be, for me to believe that social media wasn't a huge part of that, I, I'd be willfully lying because that's just it's just dishonest. They can hide it under Agreed. the guise of, whoa, th- this is just stuff that you were interested in in the first place or whatever else. But the idea <laughs> that there are people that spend seven to nine, that was another statistic, seven to nine hours a day in an augmented, purely AI biased version of reality. And then they have to step back into the real world and interact with these people that they're supposed to, that they're told to hate by these authorities on social media. Yeah. yeah. Tell me, tell me you have a fair and balanced perspective of who we are as human beings and as individuals. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> yeah. And then before, so before I watched Social Dilemma. Yeah. And before I got my mind racing on all of these topics from within this show, the one, the one point that I really wanted to hit on, and I, I think we could probably make this our last point for today. Run it. Um, the the biggest point I wanted to hit on when it comes to social media and technology is how much it draws us away from those that are actually around us. The mm-hmm. ones we love that are in the same room, that are sleeping in the same bed, how much control our phones have over us, how much attention our phones take from us. And aside from just the people in the room, uh, the people that you would see, you know, we have the holidays coming up, the people that you would see around the holiday time. Or uh, I remember as a kid, we used to go visit family once a month, once every other month, the family that lived, you know, an hour away or so we'd go visit with them. And my parents would have conversations with my aunts and my uncles, you know, keep up. Uh, How have things been? How have you been doing? How's work? How's this? How's that? With social media, we all know what everyone's doing. We all know what's going on in our lives. And when I sat and thought about it one night, the reason I came up with this topic and sent you this topic was I I think that sometimes knowing so much about one another on a daily basis, like reading everything that's going on in our lives, sharing everything that's going on in our lives, takes away uh, that, that in-person conversation, which to me is a more a more intimate way of communicating with people yep and i i don't know i just i get this fear that we're 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 not going to remember how to communicate effectively we're going to lose we're actually for as much as we're in contact with people and in touch with people because of these platforms we're going to lose touch with one another yeah and like i i think about I think about like going to sit down for Christmas dinner and I'm like, what, what am I going to talk about that they don't already know about? Yep. What can I discuss with these people? My family, what am I going to say? It's mm. I like, I don't know if I'm alone in thinking that, but it worries me. 
like being in this constant contact. The world that we live in now is so different from the world I grew up in. Right. And it's it's been what, 20 years? Yeah. Like I'm 36 yeah. years old. Yep. So 20 years ago, we were just getting the internet. But even then, it's wild what's happened in that amount of time. I don't know. I'm I'm one of those people like I feel like such an old person now. But uh like I really do I really do worry for my kids, man. Like cuz they I mean, maybe it's cuz they're kids, but I feel like they struggle communicating with people from time to time. Yeah. Well, we talked about that pre-show is you know, we we were foreign to it. Mm-hmm. Our kids our kids are growing up in this landscape. Like it's that there are people's kids that are probably raised more by social media than by their parents. And I, that's not a criticism or a judgment. I understand that there are certain things that that don't permit you to be present in your child's life all the time. Don't don't think of that as criticism at all. But if 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 they're on there from that early of an age, and this is well, from either direction, can can go down the rabbit hole of truth. It's scary, man. But to, to your point, like for for something that I I I, I believe had pure intent starting out. I don't think what was started through social media was malicious. I genuinely don't think that, but I, I think it grew so fast and, and there were so many avenues that they saw for benefit and for growth that then they couldn't regulate fast enough that it's, it's left us in the wake of where things are at now. I, I really think that like it just ballooned so fast yeah. You know, despite the fact that Facebook, oh, we want to reach a, a billion followers. Okay, but how do we how do we regulate that? How do we stop groups from forming that want to harm other groups? How do we like what what are we doing? Yeah, and and how do we allow people to to coexist and keep this free and fair and balanced? Like, I don't think any of them were ready to do that. And then I think that's where their the political lines got drawn because they were of a certain persuasion politically. So then they had to force the pendulum in one way while ostracizing an entire different group of people. And it's like, I, I still, at this point, I, I think there's been a tremendous amount of good that has come from social media, but I think, I think it's a net negative for right now. I genuinely think yeah. it's a net negative. It compounded by your point, like, what what do you talk to your family about? Oh, did did you see what I posted on, on Facebook? God, how many conversations go like that in your everyday life? Oh, I saw this meme the other day. Oh, I, <laughs> you should check out this video that I saw the other day. You got to see this. Yep. Like that's we we were doing that in in the pre roll. We were doing yeah. that before. We, oh, I got to send you that link, man. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, Corey, how's your wife? How are your mm-hmm. kiddos? You know, yep. <laughs> we, we use our phones now for, for, for something that I used to be able to connect with my aunt in Texas, a phone, right? She now knows all the personal intimate details. Her and my uncle were just here and it's like, it wasn't the, the shock and awe of like, oh, you kids have grown up so much. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I saw the pictures you posted the other day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's, there was, there were probably a few moments of awkward silence where you're trying to figure out a topic of conversation. People I feel like that happening on their phones. I, yeah, it happens 100%. way too often nowadays. It really does. <laughs> yep. yep. It, it makes me wonder, man. And I, like you said, I, I don't think it was made to intentionally be a bad or an evil. Uh, they probably, you know, just like all scientists and engineers and, you know, all these big brain people, they want to connect you to the world. They want to they grow the world. But I think there's something to be said for small community. 
like your hometown community. Hundred percent. That's in my eyes. Yeah. As somebody that was raised in very, very small communities, in fact, the city I grew up in didn't even have a stoplight. Like there were more, <laughs> there were more cows than people at one point because of the dairy that was there. It's that there's something about going and shaking a neighbor's hand and making that connection. And I feel like post COVID, it made it even worse because now we are, we are literally disconnected, hiding under the auspices or the guise of being connected through social media. And it's not the same thing, dude. It is mm-hmm. not when, when you're able to go down the road and help the, the old man clean up his yard, you know, and you, you put your sweat into that, you know, sweat equity and you, you put your hand on his hand and you communicate and he teaches you unimaginable life lessons just from the wisdom that he's gained from living a life that he has versus, oh, huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, there, there, there's, it's deep, it's meaningful, it's, and, and, and furthermore, there's no AI that can ever augment that. They might feel as though they can, right? They can give you that that same feeling, but there's, it, it's not the same. You know it, the it, sense. Go ahead. You know the sense I get uh, with with these scientists and and shit is, um, I I start to think of that scene from Jurassic Park. You know, like they're playing God. It's not. It's Ooh. not good to play God. <laughs> That that was a deep thought. <laughs> Something eventually is going to go wrong. Yeah, it's just yeah. it. It just makes me think of you know trying to recreate dinosaurs. There's some things right. you shouldn't do, man. Right, and that's that. It's even in their language. Well, we were, but we were just showing the things you were interested in. <laughs> I love how stuck you are on that. You <laughs> Dude, can that, tell that's the biggest takeaway. That is that is sinister language. Th- yeah. Tell me that wasn't the thought in Jurassic Park. Well, we, we, these paleontologists. Well, we just wanted to walk amongst the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. We just like a little. To... <laughs> it's like a little child. You made me do it. That he made me do it. She made right. me do it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you Good you at... created the algorithm. The, yeah. the AI follows your interests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I didn't know I was into filthy midget porn until I started <laughs> seeing it. I'm like, <laughs> sorry, little person. You're going to absolutely get hate mail now. But it's like. <laughs> Yeah, but apparently, eventually, that's going to be offensive too. Saying "little person," so eventually, we're going to keep destroying the English language until nothing is able to be used anymore. So, I mean, whatever. That's a that's another conversation. I'm telling the you, destruction man. of the uh, the English language. That's <laughs> we could do an hour on that, right? And it, but it, but it all comes back to the the pervasive idea of your truth. No, dude, we, we have to live. And, and that's just it. If we live in this augmented world where anything can be true, anything versus objective truth that we have to, if you live on TikTok and social media in the augmented bubble of your life, but then you have to go and interact with real people in the real world, like 800,000 followers on TikTok, you know, two people's name in the office that you work at. You know, that that's a reality for some people. Yeah. And it's so they, they, they click on and they can be this person. <laughs> they can be this identity. They can do these things. And then, uh-oh. Taking dick out of the dictionary. <laughs> I don't want to just read the shenary, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. Deep, but yeah, no. Deep thoughts on this one, man. Deep yeah, thoughts. For sure, man. Absolutely. It's. It's the perfect podcast name. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm telling you. We, we get a little bit of both here. 
Yeah, we got to encourage people to unplug for a little bit. Yeah. After you're done watching this episode, <laughs> of course, like and subscribe. Yes. Uh, un- unplug, man. Spend spend some time that I I know if if you're in our age demographic, that valuable time that you can only it's the difference between I don't know if anybody did this during COVID, but you you watched your favorite band, you paid for a digital seat at a concert, and like yeah, it was still cool, but you were settling. If you've ever experienced that or the intimacy of an acoustic show where it's your favorite artist and like 15 people, tell me they're the same thing. Exactly. They're not. They're, I, I've had my favorite band that we named my middle daughter after, Emery, do a live performance in my living room. And I also mm-hmm. bought tickets to watch them digitally during COVID. And I was trying to create this hype like to my daughters, like, oh, it's going to be so cool. And it was just as dimensional as my TV was. Because I've had these guys, I've, I put hands on these guys, I put belly on these guys, I hugged these guys, I interacted, I, I felt the lyrics as they told, and that was the, the whole premise of the show, is they come into your living room and they, they sit and they tell the stories behind how these songs came about. And it was intimate, and everybody that was there got a piece of that pie. You can't create more of the pie by putting it online. You were there, nobody recorded anything, and you just had to be a part of it. Another point, Jack White, who I just saw in concert, you had to lock your phone up in a Kevlar sleeve because he wants to create moments, dude. So my, my big takeaway, and I know I've already been there once, that. but let's visit it again. Put the phone down, power it off. It's going to be hard, dude, because I've done this a couple times myself where I actually, like, you get phantom phone syndrome, right? You go to like, <laughs> and you're like, no, 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 be present, be present, be right here. Turn it off, turn it off, leave it on the charger. Yeah. Just do it, especially through the holidays. Yes, especially through the holidays. Just, just be God present damn, with your important. family and your kiddos, man. Try it. Try it just this year. Like you, it, seriously, it's a, just set a t- just set aside some time for it. Like have like a half an hour at the end of your day before you wind down and watch TV with a wife or the husband or whatever. You take a little bit of time, check whatever message you got to check, and then get off of it. Don't scroll. Check your notifications, and that's it. Get your yep. shit and get out. Yep. God dang. It. it I, I promise. What you're able to create from that, the value that will come from that, will will start to. You'll start to reevaluate, and maybe you'll maybe you'll pay a little better attention to like you know what. I don't. I don't need the phone right now. Yep. I, I hate to even admit this, but my wife and I have gone on some of the most meaningful dates in the last six months because we just leave our phones at home, dude. It. Yep. It's sad. She's. She's three feet in front of me across the table right and it's just oh babe <laughs> yeah <laughs> or i'll send it to her right i'll I, take a screenshot of the... <laughs> i've <laughs> caught myself before i've yeah. caught myself before on the phone I, I would pick up the phone and i'd look at it real quick and then i'd be like oh, hold on hold on turn it off flip it upside down slide it across the table i mean i have my phone on me all the time just in case of an emergency phone call right but aside from that i've caught myself opening it up and i'm like no 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 put it away put it away like good on you and she she does it too at night we'll be we'll be sitting in bed watching some tv before we go to sleep and she's got her phone out i'm like are you watching this with me are you gonna talk are you gonna talk to me what what are we doing and she laughs and she puts it down i'm like yeah <sighs> but yeah yeah jared you got anything else to add before we sign off for the day yeah of course jared you've had some no, good i mean Kind of going back to that, I, I found, I mean, because I used to smoke, and I found if you can go without that, the first hour from when you wake up, 
you probably be less likely to stop smoking. And I did. I, I stopped smoking because it was probably the first thing that I did in the morning. Go outside, yeah. have a cigarette. If you can not get on your phone that first hour in the morning, you're probably less likely to have it by your side or or check it more often. So I, I try to keep my phone away from my bed so that it's not the first thing that I do when I wake up. And I it, it seems to work. I mean, yeah. so like, because with the computer, like I'll turn on the computer first thing in the morning. And I noticed that's kind of what I do a lot. I'll sit on the computer. So just that whole repetition in the morning, if you can get away from it, that first hour, you're more, more likely to spend this time on it. That's brilliant. That's yeah. actually something I did. I, I plugged my phone in, in the office here and I bought an alarm clock because like you said, if you see the notifications, it, it's, it's incredible to me how like, oh, I'll just read my emails really fast. turns into two hours and you watch an entire 30 minute YouTube <laughs> video and you're like, Oh, frick. And then you, so now, now we spend that time together as family. Like I get off at five in the morning at five 30, my kiddos wake up, we come in and I, I don't want to come off as holier than thou at all, but like we'll sit and read the old Testament together. Just like I used to do with my grandmother hmm. and like, it's incredible how much value. And then we do our thankful fors, right? Where we all go around the room and we list four things that we're thankful for. Like it's, it's crazy how deliberate I have to be with that use of my time when, and, and that's, 45 quality minutes with my daughters where I'm separating myself from the world of social media and I'm investing, right? I'm, I'm harvesting. I'm just sprinkling a little bit of water on that. What will ultimately bloom to be the flowers as my maturing daughters. And I'm spending that time with my wife and we're instilling values and spending time versus which was alternatively. And this is just to prove to you that I'm not trying to come off as holier than thou. two hours of this. While my wife lays in bed with me, while my daughters are downstairs making their, their breakfast and lunch by themselves. Just be intentional, man. Be be intentional. Even, even if, to, to Jared's point, if you can live that first hour of your life as though your phone didn't even exist, it'll change your perspective throughout the day. Do, well, do I really need to watch that new video that I got a push notification for on YouTube? If it's nonsense and deep thoughts podcast, yes, you do. But aside from that, no, no, don't open quick, the phone. Quick plug, quick plug. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm glad. I, I'm actually really glad that uh, Jared brought up that point Excellent before we point. before Excellent. we hop off here because I'm going to leave everybody with one more thought before we get out of here. Uh, it's an, another one of my favorite quotes from uh, the social dilemma. It's something for y'all to think on. There are only two industries in this world that call their customers users, uh, drug dealers and software. Oof. Oof. And, <laughs> and people say you can get addicted to social media. It's literally like a drug. 100%. It's that dopamine hit. So think on that. Uh, for those of you who are listening to the audio version on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your, to your podcast, don't forget we are a... Bi-weekly show. We're going to try to work on our, our schedule here. See if we can't do something about being a weekly show again. Uh, as of right now, every other Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. 
Uh, follow us on all social media platforms. All those awesome places that we told you are very evil. That's the best way to keep up with us for right now. Um, uh, yes, we are a live show. So that's that's the most important thing. If you guys come into the live show, hop into chat. Give us your feedback. Chances are we'll pop your chat messages up on the screen. And we might even address some of them if uh, you guys give us some good enough material. You know, just got to gotta impress us a little bit. Right. <laughs> and again, if you guys want to support the show, the best way to do that is to hit up our merch store. It is at streamlabs.com backslash NDT podcast backslash merch. Uh, like we always say, it's so got some T-shirts, some hoodies, some tumblers and mugs, stuff like that. Uh, aside from that, guys, we are going to try to do a show this upcoming Friday night so that we're not on on Christmas Eve. My guess is we're going to try to shoot for 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But if you follow us on Facebook, uh, that is the best place to get updated on what's going to be happening. Um, aside from that, guys, I hope you have a great week. And if we don't see you again, enjoy your holiday. Happy holidays, Corey, Jared. Always a pleasure. Always Absolutely, my man. Thank you for being here. Yeah, for sure. All right. Be good, everybody. All right, y'all. It's the Nonsense and Deep Thoughts Podcast. <laughs>